dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. Pirates, vandals of Volcano Mountain, whatever it is, I will take them down. Because I am in a mood. I need to get something done, you know what I mean? Stone Groove, my man. You are the most righteous. Yeah, right. Just get the fuck out, man. Let's go. Shit. Come on. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good evening. Whenever you are listening to this, hope you are good. This is Panorama, and this week we will be discussing <laughs> paper money. Does it grow on trees? Yeah, with the spaghetti. That's where it is. <laughs> it does. Uh, we lied. This is not actually Panorama. This is the Dad the Soul Extra Time Show. Fooled you, ha ha ha! Jokes on you, uh, but you do get a lot of political comment in this. Uh, a lot of topical conversations. Um, I am one of your genial hosts, Dan Flanagan. We are joined, as always, by the Debbie McGee slash Suella Braverman <laughs> slash Spuggy from Gra- uh, Biker Grove, otherwise known as Ilkley's own, Ilkley's very own, Jim Coulson. What up, Jim? Well, that is the best introduction that I've ever been given, and I'm delighted by that. Thank you very much. <laughs> you want some big sort of walking music like you're getting WWF da, or WWE. <laughs> yes, there you go. How are you, Jim? What's going uh, on? I'm good, thank you very much. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful morning in Yorkshire, which is not often you can say that, particularly around this time of year. But, uh, yeah, it's really nice. It's just, How it's do you sunshine. greet the beautiful mornings in Ilkley? Well, by taking the kids to school in it. I quite like that. It's quite a nice way to um, to force yourself to get out, yeah. to do that, obviously, and then appreciate the beautiful weather. That uh, You know, I, I think that it's worthwhile me doing that because I do that. I do the school run even in the rain, whereas I noticed because my lad bikes to school and... Uh, when we get to the bike sheds, if it's a sunny day like today, absolutely rammed with bikes, as soon as there's two or three drops of rain, empty of bikes. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to think we are the all-weather uh, walkers to school um, because it does get more difficult. There's, it's like it's not a massive village, but a lot of people drive to school. I know yeah. this is a, a contentious thing amongst most schools and a lot of schools you know a load of people have to drive i think obviously some people have to drive to school on the school run where we are but i don't think everyone does and it it really annoys me the people that i know live like on my street and it would <laughs> almost quicker for them to walk than it is to drive but there you Isn't go it, it makes you feel like a really old bastard you go in my day we went through sleet there was yes. 18 foot of snow and wolves, and I still went out there in my short trousers, <laughs> and we went to school, and we learned on chalkboards and parchment. Yeah, there is something like that. It's like you should not be so lazy that you want to get the guy. And to be honest, my kids, even if they did ever go, oh, can we drive today? They, my reaction of sheer incredulity has made them never ask again. They understand <laughs> they're walking through that rain. How very dare you? I remember. Um, do you remember the hurricane of 1987, the, the famous Michael Fish interview where he said, oh, it's a, there's a bit of wind. Yeah, someone's written in and she's concerned about it. Yeah, I do. Um, well, the day after, we, I was in, uh, brought up in Kent, so we got the, the worst of the storm. And the next day, my dad was like, right, get your stuff, go to school. And I thought, I'm sure there's some stuff, you know, we haven't got any power. He's like, no, and I was walking to school through the town centre and the shop windows had been blown in, mannequins wow. there, and I got right the way to probably about 300 yards from school and there's a teacher going, no, not today, lad. You no. Know? But still, there's a hurricane, there's no power, debris all over the world. Yeah, get to school, mate. Yeah. You know, none of that soft southern Jesse stuff. Yeah, exactly. Get out there, go and walk through the debris, and yeah. you know, be careful. Obviously, <laughs> but <laughs> if, you see, if you see anything, nick it because it's if it's in the road, you know, came home with like three mannequins, a lovely floral frock from Army, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, good bit of looting. That's it's, in, in many ways, it's her life lesson. Actually, uh, while you've been going on, um, we've been enjoying the the beauty that is Yorkshire. The sun has just appeared in the on the south coast. So as you've been talking behind me or in front of me, the sun has just risen very brightly. So I think you have celestial powers. Yeah, I'm fairly sure I do. Now people aren't going to see this because. Um, it's an audio medium, but uh, I think I've got a slight smear on my camera um, lens, and it means that when I put my hand into the light coming from my window, it looks like there's sort of laser things coming out of it, and I look like I've got special powers. And I'm quite enjoying playing with that. I'm hoping that's not too distracting for you. <laughs> I'm turning it off. Okay. Are you actually one of the X-Men? Yes, just one of the rubbish ones. The one, like one of them that's on the reserves list. Just, <laughs> the one where they've marked him off in a register. Do we want Jim today? No, Big Cross. Yeah, yes, yeah, no. I'm still an X Men. Yeah, exactly. You're just in admin. You're not really <laughs> in the front line. <laughs> we just need someone to just input all of these reports onto the database. Can you do that for us? Yeah, you're yeah. about as useful as an HR manager at ChatGPT. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're going to be in trouble, aren't they, at the moment? <laughs> so for any of you that aren't aware, beautiful story that's happened during this week. San Altman, who's the CEO of OpenAI, the guys behind ChatGPT, he got sacked. And I think it's less than sort of like 48 hours later, Microsoft then hire him. Uh, but what's happened in the meantime is like 90% of his staff have said, look, if, he, if you don't have him back, we're all leaving. So the talent was, it's almost that moment of, I'm Spartacus. No, I'm Spartacus. <laughs> so they had to do a massive 360 and hire him back. It's Can amazing, isn't that? it? Like, the what? I mean, for him, what an ego boost. For the, the, the those employees, though, that's a risk, isn't it? Going, right, if you don't get him back, I'm going. And the, the risk is that the, the HR person's going to go, all right, I'll do the paperwork then, see you later. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've got your last personal review. Yeah. There was a lot of room for improvements to sod off. Fine. That, that's it. I would never have the confidence to do that because I'm never confident that much in my ability that they would actually care if they go, <laughs> all right, fine, whatever. Yeah. But imagine the rest of the board, the absolute round uh, about face that they had to do. Just how, right, we're, we're top businessmen and we make cutting edge decisions. No, we're a massive bunch of dicks and the whole world now knows it. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Because they ha obviously, because they're riding high at the moment and they are like right at the cutting edge, yeah. they look like one of these amazing companies. And yeah, that just, it does say disarray, doesn't it? <laughs> there is trouble at mill. Yes, exactly. Um, but yeah, oh goodness, I can't even imagine having to make that decision. How awkward is the next board meeting going to be? What about the Christmas party? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the staff dance in December. <laughs> oh. If you apply for a job at yeah. OpenAI and you do your CV entirely on ChatGPT, does that give you extra credit or less credit? <laughs> I've tried a few. Have you? You've explored ChatGPT. Hmm. Um, as a content creator and as a journalist, are you scared that it's going to steal your job? At the moment, not. At the moment, it's just it's like a tool it needs it can it does need rewriting and you can really tell when someone's just put content that's straight off it on because it has these definite quirks mm. that you, know, you can work hard with all your inputs and you can change them and you can adapt them and it does really help sometimes but a lot you can really tell i think something that's come from chat gpt unless someone's gone through and use that as a basis. Like, it saves time. It can yeah. half the time it takes to write something um, because you just put it in there and it and it will sort of, it will give you like a really decent article, the basis of, and then you just need to go through and shift it up. So actually for a couple of my clients, that's kind of what I'm doing at the moment um, with their blessing. Because <laughs> You've outsourced your work. You're like, I only do half an hour a day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I have the robots working for me. Exactly. I've got C3P over there. <laughs> He's making the tea. I, I remember when I, I a few months ago when I first sort of started experimenting with it, I got a bit excited. And I go, okay, give us a test of the 10 best TED Talks about dads. Do you remember? And I sent it over to you. He said, this is a great article. He said, yeah, it would be, Dad, if any of these things actually existed. There was like four or five videos that they they 
written down that didn't actually exist. It'd been made up. It's amazing, isn't it? Like, I don't understand how it just came up with them. Like, going, it, it was suggested because it was like real people. And one of them, it was like they'd done a TED talk about something that wasn't the same and they'd changed it to make it fit in. And it was like, but that's not what that TED talk's about. <laughs> and yeah, the others, it just invented, which is really bizarre. It's kind of a strange quirk of it. So you do, yeah, you have to be careful. Yeah, thanks for fact-checking, otherwise that would have looked a bit stupid. Well, I, what I wanted to do was stick the videos in because I thought it'd be good. We could do that, <laughs> stick the videos in. So I started searching and going, hang on, these don't actually exist. <laughs> so for uh, regular listeners, we know that Jim's been exceptionally busy over time. We had the big 10-year-old sleepover, and I know the boys and girls at home are just excited, as I am, to find out, how did it go down? Because you, you you were moving furniture, you were planning, there was conversations left, right and centre. Did you pull it off? Well, here's the thing, okay. So the Saturday came around, uh, early afternoon we were meant Which to... Which one? Frankie the... or... <laughs> <laughs> that was out, you pulled that out. Hey, we've got you some presents and here's a popular girl group from 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> from before you were born, really. <laughs> if it was Little Mix, now that would be, you know, that was that's the that's my daughter's absolute favorite. Um no, so it was it was the Saturday and then we'd arranged for the woman to bring the teepees. So they're having like individual teepees that they were going to put in in my son's room actually. We were moving everything out of his room because he's is the only one that was kind of tall, uh, big enough to to fit everything in. And um, she was a little bit late, <laughs> which when, you know, you're on a bit of a schedule trying to arrange a sleepover for your 10-year-old birthday is slightly concerning. And is trying to think of what could be the alternatives if she doesn't turn up. A load of shoes. Yes, that would probably have been it, which would have been fine. You know, back in our day, that would have been fine, right? Yeah. Um, but no, she did turn up. She did it. It was spectacular. She laid out um, wine glasses for all of the kids, which I thought was a little excessive. But um, <laughs> what well, actual glass, glass wine glasses? Or... They were like wine goblets. I think they were sort of um, they were plastic, but they were oh, shaped okay. like wine glasses. But I, we'd move them out of the way anyway because they were definitely going to get broken. Because it really. We had measured, but we hadn't realised quite how tight it was going to be. So we could get the seven tents in there, and that was pretty much it. You've still um, got room for the crack pipes and everything else yes. that needs to go in, haven't you? Yeah, of course. I mean, those are the important things, right, for yeah. any 10-year-old's birthday. <laughs> but there was room for the um, for the projector that I could project a film onto the wall with. Yeah. Although, as it turned out, that got very hot and <laughs> made that room absolutely boiling. As you can imagine, with seven people trying to sleep in the same room. I like um, the fact I can just picture it now, and there's there's bits of smoke coming out of the back of the projector. We're going, yeah. Right, but we're a good bit of the film. Can we just can we just see just go? And it's getting, it's a bit like that. Um, do you remember the scene in Only Falls and Horses when they go to Margate and mm. Del Boy's brought a uh, a stereo for the coach? And oh, the smoke's yeah. just coming out of it. And that's what I just pictured in a 10-year-old's bedroom. Yeah, that is it. Safety first, obviously, as projector, always. You've got, got the projector from a bloke down the market. It's, it runs on a different frequency. It's fine. <laughs> well, actually, it was through a friend who had... It was his, its owned by his workplace, but it had just been in a store cupboard for years and years and years and no one had touched it. So he was like, I could liberate this. And... That's why I'm not going to mention which workplace it is or which friend it is. <laughs> Chat GPT. Yeah, that's it, yeah. <laughs> they can't sack him anyway. It's fine. Go for it. Thanks, Sam. Because yeah. <laughs> that's it. As soon as that happens, people will go, no, he, he's going to give us a projector as well. We're quitting. Um, so, yeah, the, the girls all turned up. Um, my son shipped off to his friend's house. And uh, and then the noise began, really. Um, it was about 4 o'clock in the afternoon. There was just noise, noise, constantly noise shouting, screaming, laughing, all that sort of stuff. No tears, as far as I can recall, which I think is a win, right? Yeah, absolutely. With that seven, ten-year-old girls, I think something's going to go pear-shaped. You would, wouldn't you? But actually, it was all right. So it was just noise. We played a few sort of silly party games. We got some pizza in for, for them. 
they had that. Um, they watched a film. They did some dancing. They watched a bit more. Uh, and then they went to bed about 10 o'clock. And our idea was like, oh, they'll probably go to sleep because they're tired. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't. We were like cowering upstairs watching Drag Race on the iPad to stay <laughs> and get away from them. <laughs> and um, and they, they were just making all sorts of noise. Uh, and my wife, Jill, she used to be a teacher. Uh, around about midnight, she had to bring the teacher voice out of retirement to uh, to get them to sleep. And I thought, well, at least they'll sleep late in the morning. So at six o'clock when they woke up. Um, <laughs> I was going to think, you utter fool. Yeah. So I think I was naive. But yeah, so they had very little sleep. I had very little sleep because I had to get up and make them some breakfast and stuff like that. And then their parents came and collected them. I've never felt so relieved. And <laughs> there were seven pieces of lost property left in the room. So... There you go. I don't think that's too bad. What that's one an average of one per piece of lost property per person who attended that party, which I don't think is too excessive. They're always going to leave something, weren't they? At least it wasn't a lost child. No, that's good. Yeah, no, because I wouldn't want to have to adopt another one, right? And, yeah, exactly. There's just one. Yeah, mum and dad did say they'd be round here, but they've gone. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They've gone out for lunch. So uh, just see oh. them on Facebook with a selfie, just with thumbs up. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Apparently the theatre's on starts at half seven and then. But well done, because all that, you know, there's, I suppose, from a a social dynamic, it was probably big gossip for the girls. Yeah. You know, this is a big thing in the social calendar. So to pull it all off and have that have that street cred, for want of a better word, mm. uh, yeah. I think was done well. How about the next day, though? Because it was her birthday the next day did she have a like a massive like sugar crash hangover you know if you've been out the night before your party and you've been on the source yes you've got to go and do the stuff with the relatives and you're absolutely knackered did she fight through that as well she she did actually quite ably and i was quite i was amazed because she'd had so little sleep and it had been such like as you say <laughs> that excitement and joy and like Argh. yeah um but she she managed to get through the next day. So she opened her presents with her friends in the morning, which was really nice that she got to do that. Um, yeah. And then they all sort of went off. And the two of them, because it was um, Remembrance Sunday yeah. and my daughter's in brownies, a couple of her friends are in brownies and their parents came to take them to go to the Remembrance Sunday Parade, which, you know, obviously a very worthy event. But for those scouts and brownies and stuff, it's a good hour and a half. You get there, you march up, you stand there for ages, then you march back. Um, so I felt for the two girls that were going to do that because, uh, yeah, that that would have been tough to have got through with that little sleep. Um, Wasn't there one that was at guides camp beforehand? She was turning up a bit later. So she was almost like SAS. She'd already she'd done forty eight hours yeah. in the mountains, and then this was the next task. Yeah, she she'd been on like a big sort of bushcraft session all day. Turned up about seven o'clock, but uh, yeah, she she got into the spirit of the party. We'd saved her some pizza from earlier on. It was yeah, she did remarkably well actually, to be honest. Her, um, and then the, yeah, the next day we went into. Uh, <coughs> and we met my parents. We had a nice meal there. Um, yeah. And then we went to do karaoke at this place, which was nice. We booked out for an hour. My son was back with us by then. He was all like, oh, I don't want to do karaoke. It's rubbish. Oh. But then you couldn't get him off the microphone when we got in there. So they were just <laughs> duetting and he was singing anything. Mostly it was Little Mix. That's what Elsa chose. Yeah. But, uh, but you know, he was singing along with that, even though he pretended he didn't like them. Um, Did so, you yeah. hear your famous Kenny Rogers? Oh no! Do you know I have done Kenny Rogers at karaoke before, and I'm glad you finished that sentence. I've done Kenny Rogers <laughs> at I karaoke. I worked at a radio station in Lancashire, and it, I'd only ever sort of worked in sort of big patches at big stations, and it was the first time I was on like a kind of quite little. Uh, station very kind of community based and one of their big things every year was their karaoke tour of the pubs and clubs and it's not something that I'd come across before 
but uh, I was forced to sing the Kenny Rogers part of Islands in the Stream. And it was only when I started singing that at karaoke that I realised I, I had really no idea what the words were or how it went. Um, and that's not the time to notice that. That, what did you do though? What were your, what are your go-tos? So what I would do, if I'd have got more time at the karaoke on my daughter's birthday, she did monopolise it, fair enough, it's her birthday. Yeah. I would have probably gone for The Snake by Al Wilson. Oh, I, yeah, I, yes. I doff my cap to that. It's, that's pretty, is that like, it's one of those conversations you have with people. Oh, tell us the, the, the first record that you ever brought. And it's normally, if you tell the truth, something really, really important. Yeah. Somebody go, no, it was the back catalogue of the Beatles uh, during the white period. And uh, no, it wasn't. <laughs> it was Bob the Builder. Or what was it Eldon. for you? Well, the first record I remember being brought was Don't Stand So Close to Me by the police. Mm -hmm. And I think that was by one of my sister's boyfriends because I just used to sing it all the time. My first record that I can actually remember buying was something very obscure now. It was called The City Lit Lip Screen, which was a, a British rap record. Uh, and it was a 12-inch, and I'd never had a 12-inch before, so I still have that. <laughs> and the guy, years later, turned up in EastEnders. Oh, right. And he's an actor, uh, Robbie G. And then I, I met him at a gig um, about 15 years ago. And people, he was, he played Paul Truman, who was uh, the brother of a doctor that went out with Cat Slater. Yeah. And I've, yeah, I, I sort of talked to him and he was like, oh, everybody's going to talk about um, EastEnders. And I said, so, were you Pretty Boy G from the City Limits crew? And he was like, how the hell do you know that? <laughs> uh, and actually was very welcoming. So random, random. <laughs> I bet when you've been on something as big as EastEnders, I bet anyone that comes up to you and wants to talk about anything else you've done at all in your career is so welcome. Yes. What was yours? Uh, the first one, the first record I actually bought for myself was Leave Me Alone by Michael Jackson. And I believe... Leave me alone! Yeah. Did you used to dance that in your bedroom? Yes, very much so. <laughs> Do you still dance to your bedroom? No, I don't. See, this okay. this is touching a nerve a little bit because I I was very into Michael Jackson when I was um when I was young. And for some reason, this over the years that I've been together with my wife, she has developed this in her head to being like I used to dress up as Michael Jackson and I had a white glove like Michael Jackson. <laughs> These things You had a white, white face like Michael Jackson. I just enjoyed <laughs> listening to the man's tunes, maybe singing along a little bit, trying to yeah. moonwalk, but that never happened. That was never good. But yeah, the as the years go on, she keeps adding new layers to this myth about my <laughs> obsession with Michael Jackson back in the year back in the day. Have you haven't got any recordings or photos of you no because that, it didn't happen i didn't do that <laughs> this is a myth i just i got rid of all the evidence yeah exactly that's the thing like i don't i couldn't i could i could show you pictures of me up to the age of about five at my mum and dad's house and then after that there's very little evidence and, yeah a very little <laughs> evidence of anything like my horrible greasy curtains that i had when i was a teenager for example oh um, and, old. you know until like the invention of the camera phone and then there's more pictures of me then so essentially you you dropped off the radar yeah yeah just it was never a thing was it like you, everything's so much better documented now like obviously my parents <laughs> just gave up when i was about five or six. <laughs> It's not worth it now. This is He's not going to be the good-looking one, is he? Uh, he's gone past the cute stage, so... I think I've got, yeah, uh, probably about a handful of very grainy, badly taken shots um, at Christmas. But now our... I think we sort of discussed this on other shows. Our basic... Our children's lives, everything is documented. Mm. There'll be yeah. multiple videos. It's on social media. There'll be videos of it, which will be lovely, I think. Also very embarrassing because there's loads of evidence of their mistakes. Um, do I feel... I think I would like um, audio recordings. 
Mm. When we were very, very young, we used to make my my grandma, when she was still with us, we'd make her a Christmas tape. So I think there's one still in existence where I'm about four uh, arguing with my sisters because <laughs> I wanted to sing a song to her and the only song I knew was Bar Bar Black Sheep. <laughs> and when they'd finally given me the mic... Oh, back to karaoke, yeah? yeah. Uh, I'd go, bah, bah, blah, blah, right, I've had enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> in this half an hour conversation, hello, grandmother, just me in the background, my turn, me, my turn. That's such a lovely idea, though. That's a really nice idea. Like, it was, you know, you were podcasting before podcasts, right? I was head of the game, brother. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's quite nice. And it was, you know, the, the, the single deck um, tape recorder, Plug a little mic. I think it probably been used by like, one of my dad's secretaries when they were doing dictation at the office, and we brought it home. But yeah, it's a it's a nice idea because then, as we know from this, audio on its own is still a really really strong medium. Yeah, like when I'm uh, doing the washing up, when I'm cooking, when I'm driving, when I'm running. Love, I love a podcast. I love just listening, listening to things. But the only one you actually listen to is this one because you're really self-obsessed. Yeah, well, obviously, yeah. I mean, you know, you don't do 20 years in radio unless you're self-obsessed, do you? <laughs> See, that's going back to the the open AI thing yeah. and having that confidence to, um, to say, well, I quit. Um, it's interesting. A lot of people that I know have done similar things. Um, there's a great what quick uh, multinational companies. Well, maybe not as big as the companies, but people have just gone. Yeah, you know they've got to a position where they could just go. If you do that, I'm leaving. And and sometimes it works, and sometimes it does not. I've I've never had the confidence to do it, but I know people who do. And there's a great radio podcast called Crunch and Roll, um, which where they interview uh, radio presenters. And the amount of times people have just talked about how they just went, oh, I just walked out, just wasn't doing that, so I just walked out. Um, mid-show and, uh, mid-show sometimes or just after the show or whatever just when you know w- when people have walked out on their bosses because they disagree with something yeah and it, it does happen it's such a weird industry where people do that but it's such a fragile uh unstable industry anyway that you know your bosses could do that to you anyway so yeah. <laughs> you you might get in there first and do it to someone else um but you never know when the next gig's going to be. Oh, my goodness, I'm so glad. Like I'm a freelance writer now, content writer, and that seems a 100 times more stable than when I was in radio. <laughs> <laughs> like, imagine how unstable that is. <laughs> shall we... Um, something we're going to touch on your employment history in a minute. Um, shall we have a little musical interlude? Let's do it. Uh, this is Five Minutes of Funk. Uh, another lovely mix from DJ Trick and lovely Cy Cannon from the Get It Together DJ crew. DJ, pump that bass. Come on now. 
the DJs from uh, the Get Together crew doing that scratching and that mixing and that jury pokery, otherwise known as DJing. So, Jim, talking about employment, as we have, how many jobs have you been sacked from? Why? And have you got any greatest hits? Um, I have been sacked from three jobs with the same company. Um, so that's, yeah. So in radio, there's this weird thing where you, you're sort of employed, sort of not sort of self-employed kind of ish, but you have a contract. So it's kind of fixed term contracts. And obviously you have to be in the same place anytime. So actually HR wise, you probably should be seen as a, as an employee, but there's very fast and loose rules in the radio industry. So the first time I got sacked, see, none of them were for anything that I did, and it's really annoying. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. Uh, the first time was a radio station called Kerrang Radio in um, in Birmingham. Because before that, I'd left jobs, but only because the company I was working for collapsed, and that happened three times. Um so you phone, work for companies and then they collapse. Yeah. So I worked for Three an, times. Internet, an internet radio station in the year 2000, which yeah. was based in London, which was never going to work financially. And that just folded, obviously. Then I worked for a student broadcasting network. It's like a sustaining service for student radio. That 
was so poor it was sold for a pound and i don't know what the person who bought it for a pound did with it uh and then another station in southwest london called thames 107.8 um where they decided that because that's quite a rich area of the country they weren't going to play like the normal pop music it was good it was like proper round about the coffee table music times of zero seven basically yes zero seven dido um that kind of vibe air and all sorts of stuff like that which actually you know it was quite nice to listen to in a way but no one really did so (laughs) it was sold to someone who would make it a pop station that people would actually listen to which i think is still going today as well um so that those those were the problems that i had i'd only ever left a radio station because the radio station had collapsed um then i went to uh, a couple of others i went to kerrang radio in birmingham and um and yeah i just was told well sorry we, we just need to get rid of a daytime show so see you later <laughs> like okay all right um and then i was uh it's coming up to the 10 year anniversary of my favorite of all the sackings and by favorite i mean the worst one um because it was uh i was presenting a breakfast show on a station called viking fm in hull and i knew i was gonna it was 10 year anniversary because it was 10 years since my daughter was born i knew that the baby was on the way so i thought before i go off on paternity leave let's sort out my new contract they're like yeah 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 we'll sort it we'll sort it oh it's a bit late now do it when you get back so came back after two weeks paternity leave uh went into the room and went yeah we're not renewing it I was like, oh, well, why? I I don't know. (laughs) Sorry? Ouch! Yeah, I don't don't know. What? Oh, Oh, all right. Uh, Probably could have told me that earlier. That would have been more handy. But yeah, yeah, he just, he said, I just, yeah, I don't know. Uh, Especially with a new baby. Yeah, exactly. You'd have thought that uh, it would have been nice for them to have, uh, you know, kept me on just... It does it's not a good look i don't think for the station to get rid of someone because obviously we'd been talking about that a lot because yeah. <laughs> it's really relatable content and then you know soon after the baby's born i just disappear from the radio <laughs> completely you're just never mentioned it's not like those kids in grain Hill that were part of the cast and suddenly oh yeah he's gone his dad's got a new job in saudi arabia yeah. bye that's how it works it's very straight like very often it's very rare you'll get to say goodbye even if you go all right i'm moving on i'm going to go to another station or whatever they'll usually just either go right you're off air now you're on gardening leave or they'll go right you need to run out your contract but don't mention it so only very occasionally are you allowed to go oh i'm leaving by the way um Aww. Which is a real shame for the listeners because that whole it doesn't make sense because you're meant to build that bond with the listeners and then suddenly for the radio station to just go, no, no, they never existed. What are you talking about? <laughs> is really strange. A figment of your imagination, that mm. man that's been booming into your office or your... You know, the thing about local radio especially, it does tend to have sometimes like an older demographic and a lot of those people... The, the radio is a big thing in their lives, isn't it? To fill yeah. fill their day, fill their noise, they, the conversations and the phone-ins and stuff plays a major part in breaking that isolation for them. Yeah, it really does. And you you are like a companion to them. As, you know, a lot of people listen at work as well, and it's that thing they get involved, you know, while they're doing something maybe that they don't have to think about, which is routine to them. They can listen. They get sacked for. Yeah, <laughs> I got sacked for listening to radio shows. <laughs> it should have been working. Oh God, I wonder if anyone has them. <laughs> I'd feel quite bad. Um, but they, yeah, they just get into it, and then you know, and they they sort of buy into what you're talking about. But uh, yeah, and then the radio stations treat them with basically disdain. <laughs> uh, your talent, but not that much talent. Yeah, uh, and then it's, yeah, the same company then got rid of me because they wanted to. Uh, downsize the amount of stations they had from about what about 30 or 40 to one so that's wow and it was each time it was the same company that owned the radio station that got rid of me and none of those times i'd even done anything wrong which would have been much more fun if i'd have been able to seeing exposed take your job and stick it yes yeah exactly never like a g never even got that opportunity 
absolutely gutted. Um, uh, how about you? Have you ever been sacked? Lots of times. Lots of times. Um, I used to be really, really good at interviews mm. and very good at what's the, on the technical term, lying on my CV. <laughs> um, because I, I left school with no GCSEs. Um, got got a handful later on at college, but yeah, I would just I would make stuff up. It was the biggest work of fiction since the Bible. So I'd be able to talk myself into jobs. Then it became soon apparent that I couldn't do the job. Oh no! Uh, I think the my twenty four hours. I've been sacked uh, from. I think I was one of my first jobs in a a camera shop. You know, you, the, the places where you should take your photos in to get developed oh yeah snappy snaps and all that yeah so i was in there and then some of my mates decided to come in and grab a load of the promotional hacky sacks ah. and have a hacky sack competition oh dear um one job i was in logistics so this was for like a, a washing machine company so you buy a new washing machine and then we'd have a printout of all of the deliveries that day and I'd have to plot them. Right? right. It's only years later that I found out that I'm severely dyslexic and dyspraxic. Ah, okay, yeah. Was I did think three weeks training and lasted two days on the job, where it became apparent that I just could not do it. Um, oh, there, there was a, a large period of time I was temping as well. So being sacked from temporary jobs, I don't know if it counted. Because <laughs> one year I had 17 jobs. Oh, right. Wow, that's impressive. Yeah. So one lasted a week, a couple of hours. Uh, but it did give me a broad smorgasbord of experience yeah. of how to deal with very different people. So it was a, a legal clerk. I worked at a mobile phone shop. Uh, actually, I suppose the quickest one, not sacked as I left, half an hour. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I was so broke at the time. I applied for a job at a local pie factory and I thought, right, sorry, I'll just do it, get some money, I'll walk through the door and I could just smell putrid dead chickens and oh. shit. And I thought, I cannot work here. So I kind of said hello to the receptionist and they said, nah, I I'm out of here. I could not, as desperate as I was for cash, but you know, at that time I, I had no dependents. It was me and my you know, money for a Friday night. So, but I think that's, yeah, it, it all adds to the experience. Mm. Some great jobs, some absolutely terrible jobs, some planes where I'm actually still in touch with the people I met. So I met some really nice friends through it. But, and also I think it, it took me probably till about to the age of at least my very late 20s to find out what I was really good at and what I enjoyed, which is marketing. Well, it does, doesn't it? Like, you don't always know straight away. Like, in many ways, we should kind of move things around the other way and you should, uh, yeah, you shouldn't have to make that decision when you're in your late teens or your early 20s. Should You should have, no. like, a period of time where you just go, well, maybe you do go and do lots of other jobs and see what's going on and... What there is and how you, how you can get sacked. Yeah, all the ways you can get sacked. <laughs> when I um, when I left that radio job just after my daughter was born, yeah. um, there were just no other jobs around. There was nothing in radio going. That's terrifying. Yeah, absolutely terrifying. And so a friend of a friend ran a temp agency and he said, well, I could get you some work if you want. Yeah. How's, how's your Microsoft Office skills? I was like, yeah, yeah, great. Yeah, no problem. Excel, yeah, yeah, I can do Excel. Never opened Excel in my life before. Um, and I got this job, and it was uh, reporting on. So they were a company that that consulted on turf for like FIFA and the FA and Wimbledon things. So they had all these experts, and it was the time of the Brazil World Cup, and mm. they had all these consultants flew out to Brazil to each of the cities hosting the games to kind of make sure that the pitches were perfect for every game. So that was when, you know, there was the story about England playing in the Amazon and they had to yeah. spray the pitch green. That genuinely is true. It's definitely the grass was greener on the other side. <laughs> it was, <wasn't> it? yeah. 
Um, so as part of that, I did have to use Excel quite a lot. And one of my finest achievements in all of my working life was by about three or four weeks in, having just furiously Googled everything that I had to do, uh, one of the people I was working with went, oh, I've got a problem with a spreadsheet. You're really good at Excel, Jim. Uh, can you help me? <laughs> this is amazing. I managed to blag it so well. I'm just Googling what the answers were to my problems that she actually thought I knew what I was doing. How long were you there for? Uh, it was only a few months. It was just a few months while the World Cup happened and then I came back out and then that's when I started working in writing. I got a job writing um, and sort of doing the radio on the side as well. Um, so that's, yeah, that helped me kind of get used to working in an office, sort of learn a few more skills that I could have a little uh, career change uh, based on <laughs> an, an enforced career change, but a career change all the same. Yeah, imagine if you go back in time and you're at your careers even at school. Uh, so where do you see yourself in five years? Here, 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 there, very briefly, there, <laughs> for at least an hour. Uh, there, and probably that. Oh, I'm going to blag my way into that job, yeah, and then get seen as a massive charlatan. <laughs> the the weird thing was because I'd been in radio and we'd been doing breakfast radio. We'd there was loads of videos and stuff of the stupid things we'd done on the mm. internet, and so I was going into this quite formal office, and they were they'd obviously found out who was going to be their new temp, and they were like, "Well, I'll just Google to find out more." And they're like, oh, there's him twerking with a snake round his neck. Okay, fine. <laughs> Here's his early Michael Jackson impression. Yeah, exactly. Dug up from old camcorder footage, yeah. <laughs> Leave me alone! Oh, <laughs> perfect. That wasn't bad. <laughs> <laughs> Beat him. Yay. Right, it doesn't matter if it's black or white. This is the Dadless Soul Radio Show. <laughs> and Jim. Yes. Kind of regular session for our segment for the listeners, struggles and celebrations. So briefly, what are you struggling with and what are you celebrating? Uh, I'm struggling with the fact that I was involved, and this is going to sound much more dramatic than it was. Yep. I was involved in a car crash, Dan. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Yeah. But it was very, very, it was the slowest car crash that anyone has ever been involved Was it a prank as opposed to a crash? Well... A slight dud? Yeah, kind of. It, it knocked me to the side more than I thought it might. Okay. So I was I was coming to some traffic lights, slowing down, as everyone does. So I was going about 10 miles an hour, and the cars in front were, there was a little queue of traffic, and we were all going along the road. And someone decided that they were trying to come out from across the road uh, from a petrol station and and go where I was. And he basically, I saw him, and I knew there was a little bit of a gap behind me, so I thought, well, he's going to go for that gap behind me. He didn't just, he just kept driving into me. <laughs> he just drove forwards. Like, it wasn't like I'd nipped in fast or anything, or he'd nipped yeah. out fast. He just, I was going slowly forwards, he drove slowly into me, knocked my car over to the side, and there was a big dent in the back. Um, and I was... Not pleased. And why have you not got a neck brace on there? So we should be looking at court proceedings for whiplash at least. That's it, shouldn't I? Yeah. yeah. Emotional distress. Yeah, it was it was emotional distress because I was in quite a hurry and I had to stop to get his blooming insurance details. So I was vaguely but I did basically I spoke to him and he came out to be fair to him. Yeah. He was like, It's my fault. Didn't see it. Sorry about that. And I was just a bit like, yeah, there's not seeing you. And then there's just driving straight into someone. <laughs> Very slow pace. And he went, oh, yeah, God. And he looked at the damage on his car. He was like, I've only just got that fixed. And I, and I regret it, but I said it because it was in the heat of the moment and I was shaken up. I just went, well, maybe you shouldn't be driving then. And he was like, don't get personal. <laughs> well, to be fair... I think you've just driven into me. I'm allowed a little bit of annoyance. And it, it got it started to get slightly heated, and then we both realised that was ridiculous. And so yeah. we... Uh, we got amicably, the baseball bat out of the back of the car. Yeah, exactly. And then, then he ran off. I don't know yeah. why. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so we shook on it, and then he went. Um, and then I went home. And the, the thing Aww. that... The, so that's what I'm struggling with, but the, the sort of celebration... Is I got a call from his insurance company yesterday. That I've I've just sent them pictures of the car, and they yeah. went, "Ah, oh, yes, yeah, it's, it's a write-off. 
I was like, mm, okay, is it really? And I went, yeah, yeah, it's not worth it. So I went, we, we could take it away and scrap it, give you 1,600 quid, or we could just give you 1,200 quid and you could go and get it fixed and make it roadworthy. And I was thinking, well, it is roadworthy. It's just a bit dented. You're just yeah, going to yeah. give me 1,200 quid. Okay, fine. <laughs> like, if you want, that's absolutely fine. I mean, I, what I will do is I will take it to the garage and make sure there's nothing internal that's been damaged, but I don't think there has been. So, How much work do you reckon needs doing on it? Not very much. Well, to be honest, it's quite dented all around anyway. And I've sent yeah. them all these pictures, right? I've sent them pictures of everything. So they've seen the state of the car already. Yeah. And they've not asked for any kind of uh, research into what has happened. They've just seen there's like three or four different, because it happened where there's joints of the door and the back panel and then the wheel arch and stuff like that. And, and they just can't shut off four other cars anyway. Yeah, yeah, basically. Uh, You've got the front of a Tonka toy, <laughs> the back of a fire engine, and the mid bit comes from Herbie, the lovable yeah. hot uh, bug. What's wrong with that? That's recycling, isn't it? Yeah, and lethal for the children that you carry in the back of the car. I so, do the, uh, the, that's why you have to walk to school because the, your mode of transport cannot be trusted not to fall apart. Oh, yeah, like the doors fall off and then the horn goes. It's like a clown car, basically, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. That, that sounds exceptionally stressful. It, it was a bit stressful, but, yeah, to be honest, I think they've just gone, we just can't be bothered. They've obviously gone for, like, the top price at the top panel beater or whatever it is or, you know, dent specialists yeah, that they can find and they've just gone, this is how much it would be. You just have the money, sort it out yourself. So actually, we've I've done all right out of it. And also, <laughs> it's come through his insurance company. It's not gone through mine at all. So I don't even have a problem. And um, you've got a few quid for Christmas. Yeah, exactly. So there you go. So actually, or for my tax bill, whichever. Yeah. Um, Ooh, yeah. Ooh. But uh, so that's, you know, that's all's well that ends well, right? Um, how about you? What are you struggling with? What are you celebrating? Uh, struggling with endotermitis. Mm. I know it's the Christmas countdown now and I've come to terms with that, but I'm just very knackered. I've had a very busy last few weeks of very wonderful things, you know. Um, but I'm just very, very tired and I just want to shut up shop and... Um, do very little but i know in that time my brain will kick in and i'll start to feel really guilty go look you've got this time off go and completely scrub the kitchen and <laughs> empty the airing cupboard and do all the things and i know there's sort of i have a thing called a niggle list so right. it's all those little jobs that you never get round to mm-hmm. but they annoy you so you get a wonky handle on the bathroom door every day you'll hold that handle and it will wobble and you go oh that annoys me Okay, okay, if you added up all of those niggles, yeah, it's not a minor thing. So, yeah, I'm going to put together a niggle list and have some rest and clear out all of that. Um, Celebrating, we were at the House of Lords Mm. um, last week, which was really interesting for a future of fatherhood, state of the nation thing. So never been to the House of Lords before. Obviously been to Big Ben. And I had to walk round the back, so... I got there nice and early because I always get lost. Found a lovely little garden. Uh, went through airport level security, so lots of coppers with very big guns. Um, but it was really nice. And what's happened is events like that or anything formal used to send me into a state of absolute anxiety. Mm. I don't belong in it. I'm going to feel really socially awkward, blah, blah. But I went there and I met some really nice people and had no issues whatsoever. So as a, a personal thing in my my personal growth, yes. um, I'm really happy about that. Oh, that's great. Um, and then we were up for an award for Purpose uh, uh, Entrepreneur of the Year. So we went up to Grosvenor Hotel on Park Lane. So proper swanky. So I got my hair done, new lippy. Wore my big girl shoes, um, had a very nice meal. Um, and then we were just staying just around the corner from Pied Park. So um, in the morning, we were able to wander around Hyde Park, look up Winter Wonderland mm. and think, 
how much we're not going in there because it's like eight quid to get through the door <laughs> but everything else is 75 pounds just yeah. to look at of course yeah welcome um, to london yeah. yeah so glad i wasn't it's like a trip to blackpool wasn't it <laughs> yeah there's a comedy callback from the last episode this um, is the last episode about how expensive blackpool is but it was beautiful and it was yeah. even though it's winter it was Hyde Park was very autumnal. Mm, oh, nice. It was very, had a sort of romantic stroll in the morning. Um, so, yeah, I'm celebrating that. I'm just a bit tired. I'm going out with the lads tonight for our regular sea swim and sauna mm, session. Mm, yeah. Mm. yeah, exactly. But we'll be jumping in the sea, so it'll be more like, ah, <laughs> ah, ah, anybody seen my testicles? No, I haven't seen mine either. Um, but, when it's dark and it's cold and you're jumping in the sea and I always like scream at the sea. Mm. It's so incredibly therapeutic. So if I can make it through today, um, I can do that at half past five and then fish and chips with my lad for tea. So uh, celebrating yeah. that and struggling with that and then celebrating that. Uh, and the, the last thing, uh, so we had the wonderful Sam Delaney, who's been uh, a yes. guest of the year. A couple of times he came down to our Dadler Soul session in Brighton last night, did a book signing, and had a very uh I sat there and interviewed him and did a QA for a, an hour. Very, very entertaining, very heartfelt, very candid. Um so that that was really nice because you know he's a proper journalist and interviewer and stuff like that with quite a distinguished career so i had a little bit of anticipation but sam was a gentle and considerate lover and we just it just blended and it was really nice and got some really nice feedback about that so and we had a, a lady from waterstones who was there because sam's flogging his book mm -hmm. so waterstones came down did a little pop-up so we sold all the books for the lovely lady Sam from Waterstones. And she said, Oh, would you be interested in any more guests? I was like, Yes. yes. She said, I don't suppose you like stand up comedians, do you? Yes. Like, yes. She said, Well, we've got this fella. And she scrolled for a phone and it's Joe Wilkinson. Oh, nice. Uh, he's coming to a signing and he lives locally. Shall I have a word for him? He's like, Yes. Mm -hmm. And then, weirdly, on last Saturday night, I was at, uh, seeing Tom Davis, the comedian, live. Mm -hmm. Halfway through the break, I went for a pee. Joe Wilkinson was in the queue. All right. Um, do we have a conversation? Because we can have, you, the queue was quite long. You could see people clocking him. Mm. Is this the time to ask for a selfie, or shall I wait till we get to the urinals? <laughs> yeah, always the urinals, right? That's yeah. where people. That's where you get the best reaction from people. Exactly. Eight out of ten cats, Joe. What do you want? Um, <laughs> So we might have some, you know, some more interesting guests. So out of doing something nice for Sam at Waterstones and selling all of her books for her, um, I think some good stuff is going to happen. So I'm very, very happy about that. Nice. Should we have a little listen to some stuff that happened last night, as it Absolutely. is when we're recording it, at this Sam Delaney Dad's Only Meetup? I knew it was going to be a fun event, um, and that's what it was. And there was a huge amount of warmth in the room. Um, one thing that struck me was there was no awkwardness at the beginning. Like, I didn't really know anyone here. But right from the beginning, there was really nice chats. Everyone got on really easy, the conversation flowed. So there was warmth, but it wasn't awkward or stiff. It was, you know, it was a laugh. I had a laugh, and that's all you want, really, out of any experience. Blokes need more things to do that don't involve, like, going to the pub and getting pissed. This is a great environment with smart, funny blokes who are a laugh, who are interesting, uh, who are a real mix in terms of background. And, you know, it's just like, it's important to keep socialising and it's important to find new ways of doing it. And I would do it here with Dad Soul because it's a great bunch of lads. And that's the thing about all mental health is that, you know, whatever situation you're in, a lot of people, particularly men, from my experience, talking to a lot of men about this stuff is that you all think, men think, and I definitely thought this, you don't have the right to, to feel miserable, you don't have the right to feel anxious and you beat yourself up about it for exactly the reasons you're saying. And even if you didn't have a life that was one of like obvious privilege, yeah. you know, you, you know, men, men who, who have lives that are objectively tough still will have a voice inside them going, well, hang on a minute, I haven't 
He said, oh, well, I haven't been fucking fighting a war in Afghanistan. I didn't see my best mate blown up by a landmine. You know, I, I haven't been the victim of abuse or whatever it is. And you think only those huge traumas can, and of course those huge traumas are awful for the people who've been with them. But you, you, a lot of men think that they're the only reason that could be a legitimate reason. But the truth is, we're all fucking human beings, right? And, the, and anyone who's a human being goes through shit in their life for whatever reason. That was Sam Delaney, live and direct uh, at the Dudley's Old Sessions. Do you have a quick musical interlude? Definitely. Let's have music. Music. We love music. So this is uh, one of my favourite singers, Sharon Jones and the Dapkins with... I've completely forgotten the name of the song, so that's useful, isn't it? Anyway, listen to Sharon. She's better at these things. So that was Sharon Jones and the Dap Kings, and previously that was Sam Delaney. Um, sadly, it's time for us to go. So, Jim, 
before, because Parkson is such sweet, sorry. Mm. Do you have a dad joke to tell the boys and girls at home? Yeah, because it's getting wintry, I thought I'd go for this one. Um, how do you find Will Smith in the snow? You look for the Fresh Prince. Da, da, da. Ah. I was going through loads of other reasons. Uh, <laughs> and I was going, no, no. It's the trail of blood from Chris Rock's nose. Okay. <laughs> Too soon. Too soon, yeah. Yeah, yeah, too soon. So this has been the Dad the Soul Show Extra Time. Um, Please do like us. Write every little review if you're so inclined. Mm. Share it. First rule of Dad the Soul is we do talk about Dad the Soul. All the time. All the time. Everybody. I'm going to actually, you know, ask people to start getting tattoos on their forehead. (laughs) Okay, I'm in. Yeah, get it. What could possibly go wrong? It'll cover up the wrinkles. That'll be nice. Actually, I'm, yeah, so uh, that's what we'll be doing in the new year. We'll all be getting tattoos <laughs> of the logo three months afterwards. I'll change my go. I think we need a brand refresh. <laughs> good, good. Yeah. Uh, Jim, pleasure as always. Boys and girls at home, even bigger pleasure. It's been lovely. Thank you very much. Till next time. Peace out. <laughs>